Section 35 of the Turquoise Storybook Stories and Legends of Summer and Nature. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Nicole Kristen. The Turquoise Storybook Stories and Legends of Summer and Nature by Ada M. Skinner and Eleanor L. Skinner. A Blade of Grass john ruskin gather a single blade of grass and examine for a minute its narrow sword-shaped stripe of fluted green nothing there as it seems of notable goodness or beauty a very little strength and a very little tallness and a few delicate long lines meeting in a point not a perfect point either but blunt and unfinished, by no means a creditable or apparently much cared for example of nature's workmanship, made only to be trodden on today and tomorrow, to be cast into the oven, and a little pale and hollow star, feeble and flaccid, leading down to the dull brown fibre of roots. And yet... Think of it well, and judge whether of all the gorgeous flowers that beam in summer air, and of all strong and goodly trees, pleasant to the eyes or good for food, stately palm and pine, strong ash and oak, scented citron, bird and wine, there be any by man so deeply loved, by God so highly graced, as that narrow point of feeble green. And well does it fulfill its mission. Consider what we owe merely to the meadow grass, to the covering of the dark ground by that glorious enamel, by the companies of those soft and countless and peaceful spears. The fields follow forth but for a little time the thoughts of all that we ought to recognize in these words. All spring and summer is in them, the walks by silent and scented paths, the rest in a noonday heat, the joy of herds and flocks, the power of all shepherd life and meditation, the life of sunlight upon the world falling in emerald streaks and falling in soft blue shadows where else it would have struck upon the dark mould or scorching dust. Pastures beside the pacing brooks, soft banks and knolls of lowly hills, thymy slopes of down, overlooked by the blue line of lifted sea, crisp lawns all dim with early dew, or smooth in evening warmth of barred sunshine, dinted by happy feet, and softening in their fall the sound of loving voices, all these are summed in those simple words, and these are not all. We may not measure to the full the depth of this heavenly gift in our own land, though still, as we think of it longer, the infinite of that meadow sweetness, Shakespeare's peculiar joy would open on us more and more. Yet, we have it but in part. Go out in the springtime among the meadows that slope from the shores of the Swiss lakes to the root of the lower mountains. There, 
mingled with the taller gentians and the white narcissus, the grass grows deep and free, and as you follow the winding mountain paths beneath arching boughs, all veiled with blossoms, paths that forever droop and rise over the green banks and mounds, sweeping down in scented undulations steep to the blue water, studded here and there with new-mown heaps, filling all the air with fainter sweetness. Look up towards the higher hills, where the waves of everlasting green roll silently into their long inlets among the shadows of the pines, and we may, perhaps, at last, know the meaning of those quiet words of the psalmist. He maketh the grass to grow upon the mountains. End of section 35